Hey kids, hey St. Paul kids. Um, we are about to hear Jesus pray. I don't know if you've ever heard someone praying before, but we learn a lot from Jesus when he prays. This is what he says. I'm going to paraphrase. Jesus prays and says, Thank you, God, that you have revealed me and the kingdom of heaven to babies, but you hide it from smarty-pants grown-ups. Now, that's an interesting prayer. Now, in my mind, smarty-pants, I know this from experience of being a smarty-pants myself, smarty-pants is somebody who, has, who says, I have nothing to learn. I already know it all. Now, Jesus compares that with a baby. Babies are totally wide open to learning. Maybe you've seen babies in action. They're always learning. What's this thing waving around? Oh, it's a hand. And oh, I can make it move. I'm in charge of this hand. And ooh, what does it taste like? Babies are always changing and growing. And discovering Jesus and living in the love and the hope of the kingdom of heaven, it's just that simple. It's, it's as simple as becoming like a baby, becoming open to learning, becoming patient with yourself and with others as we grow together, allowing God to change us and rising to the, to the challenges and the risks that life and God puts in front of us. Like a baby, learning and growing. Now, I really do believe that you are naturally better than me and than most smarty pants grown-ups at doing that, at being open to learning. Okay, so here's one example of what I'm talking about. Yesterday was July 4th. It was Independence Day, the day, the holiday we celebrate, the Declaration of Independence. So maybe you've learned this or you're going to learn it, but it's the, the American colonies, what's the United States today, told the King of England, we're leaving England, we're making our own country. Okay? So here's how the Declaration of Independence starts. It says, we hold these truths to be self-evident. Okay, that means it's plain to see. Everyone can see it for themselves. And the first, tr the first truth that the Declaration of Independence said is this. All men are created equal. Now let's stop right there, because we have learned something since the year 1776. It's the year 2020. That was 1776, and we've learned that all people are created equal. All human beings are created equal, not just men. Now, the people who wrote the Declaration of Independence said men, and they meant only white men are created equal. 
Because when those same people wrote the Constitution, that's the very basic set of laws that govern our country, they said, in this country, black people will be slaves to white people. And a black person only counts as a fraction of a white person. They also said that women can't vote, only men. Men's ideas about which way this country should go and who should lead it are more important than women's. Now that was almost 250 years ago. But these days, even a baby knows what they got wrong, right? And of course, they were right and they were wrong. That's what it means to be a learner, to recognize we're getting it right and wrong at the same time. And we are on the right track and we can always improve. Okay, so both right and wrong at the same time, they were right about equality and wrong about it being for white men only. Yeah? Okay. So here's how I celebrated July 4th, Independence Day. With a prayer, I thanked God for these people who cast a vision of equality. And I thanked God that we today see that vision more clearly than they did then. Yeah, thank God for that. Now, I did some more praying, and I asked God for strength and courage, because we, there's still work to do to change this country so that it is really and obviously true, both in what we say and in what we do as a country, that black lives matter and that women's rights are human rights. And I ask God for faith because our world is not there yet. And sometimes it seems like it will never be really fair and equal for everyone. So I ask God to help us, to help me and you, to help us see Jesus alive here and now, just like we see Jesus alive in the Bible and in the Gospels, to, to give us Jesus's living power, to follow Jesus's living example here and now, to change things for the better. I ask God to give us hope that because Jesus rose from the dead, that Jesus will also lead us in the end to that heaven on earth where we all can finally rest. Not just some of us, but all of us, all humans and all creation, safely at home and at peace with God and each other. That's how I celebrated Independence Day. Amen? Amen. So, as a sign that we get to see and be part of that future peace now. Let's share some peace. Put your arms out like this. The peace of Christ, which is sometimes uncomfortable, be with you always.
the gospel according to Matthew. Jesus spoke to the crowd, saying, To what will I compare this generation? They're like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to each other. We played the few flute for you, but you did not dance. We wailed, but you did not mourn. Because John the Baptist came neither eating nor drinking, and they said, he is a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend to tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At that time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent, and you have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except for the Son, and anyone whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you who are weary and carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, because I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls, because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Now, I hope you were listening to the children's sermon. I really don't know what else I have to add about that, other than this. For the Gospel of Matthew, to follow Jesus means to be a disciple. A disciple is a student. That's all it means. It's a student, a learner, somebody who learns. That's what I was saying in the children's message. Now, recently, no, some time ago, actually, um, I saw this image on my friend's refrigerator. It was something school had sent home with her son about a growth mindset. And the invitation to, was to change the way that we thought and the way that we spoke to move from those, those words that are highlighted, see the arrows that point to the, to the bubbles, to the things that are kind of highlighted in those bubbles. It included things like change from saying or thinking, I'm not good at this, to what am I missing? Uh, also, change thinking and saying, I'm awesome at this, to I'm on the right track. 
Now maybe this just seems like foolishness to you, but to me this gives us really concrete examples of what it means to be closed to learning and what it means to be open to learning. And this kind of learning, the learning that we do in schools, is not so different from what it means to be a disciple of Jesus. We can apply these same, you know, growth mindset things to being a disciple in Jesus. And for example, one of the things that I hear even Christians say is, I'm a good person. They say it just like that, defensively, in a way that's closed to learning and growth. I'm a good person. I especially often hear white people, white Christians, say things like that whenever they're encountering new ideas about race um, or racism. And that defensiveness is real. I mean, all of these um, thoughts um, that this poster invites us to, to move to a different way of thinking, all of those are real. Those feelings in our bodies are real. That reaction is real. The, the idea is to learn about ourselves, our internal selves, enough so that we can learn to open ourselves when our, when our first instinct is to close. Instead of saying, I'm a good person, I am learning to be a better person every day. There's an openness to learn, an openness to let Jesus lead us, an openness to follow. I mean, the reason why this is important is that Jesus is alive. You know, Easter is for real, and God's not dead, but is alive. To live is to change. That's just what it is. And not to change is to be dead. I mean, so for example, just this past week, Susanna moved out of the room, the bedroom that she shared with Amos. They had bunk beds that worked for a real long time, but she's growing up, Amos is growing up. They, that she recognized that she needed some of her own space and, and we could make that happen. So she moved out and we rearranged furniture and the, the way we have our house laid out. We made a change because Susanna is alive, because she's living and growing. And that's wonderful. And it took some work and it's great and awesome. I mean, think about this also. Your body is made up of cells, you know. Every seven to 10 years, all, like the majority, most all of your cells have been replaced. Every seven to 10 years. There are some cells that are with you from birth until death, but the majority of them are, the, the lining of your stomach gets replaced every couple of days. 
Your body itself is constantly changing and being renewed. Because Jesus is alive, Jesus invites us on this journey of growth and change. So let your faith and your understanding evolve and change. That's what prayer is. I mean, if your faith isn't evolving and changing, then there is no prayer in your life. No real communication between you and the living God. But if there has been any growth and change and evolution in you and in your life, then there has been prayer, maybe even prayer that you haven't noticed. I mean, it's a dead kind of a faith that is just about reciting definitions like they're from a textbook. That's not real faith. That's not a living faith anyway. I mean, a living faith involves a, a growing and changing and learning, participating and not being perfect, right? Participation, not perfection. And that means necessarily, I'm sorry to say, doubt and difficulty and mistakes. And let's embrace those. There's another one of those growth mindsets about mistakes is, uh, let me see, can I find it? Instead of saying, I give up, I'll use some of the strategies that I've learned. Instead of saying, this is too hard, this may take some time and effort. I can't make this any better. Change that into, I can always improve. I'll keep trying. Boy, there's so many. I made a mistake. Instead of saying that and thinking that, say, mistakes help me improve. Participation and not perfection being part of a living faith means uh, a, a being part of this ancient and, and ongoing and new and right now conversation with the living God. And we can't be part of what God is doing. We can't see it unless, like a baby, we are open to learning until we are aware that we have more to learn, that we're God's not done with us yet. That's what it means when Jesus says, revealed to infants and hidden from the wise and intelligent, those proud and arrogant ones. Okay, so we hold that intention, of course, with the truth that knowledge puffs up, getting a big head is, is not the point. Love builds up love and growing understanding together, all right? We got that. And I'm really grateful that that St. Paul is a place where I can learn and change and grow and evolve right out in front of you. I mean, uh, yeah, sometimes that feels like and it's uh, sometimes hard to go back and listen to my old sermons or uh, to uh, go back and read the things I've written in the past Yeesh. But I know that I've been talking in, I've changed in recent weeks, even since George Floyd was tortured to death by police. You know, in my sermons and Bible studies and newsletter articles, I've, I've talked about Black Lives Matter. I've, I've tried to put the, the protests, um, the anger, the fear, the, the 
the slogans like defund the police, trying to put all of this into a bigger historical context, into a, a, a deeper faith context, trying to, to really dig in and root in scripture in a deep way and throw out the unhelpful understandings and grow and evolve into new and deeper ones. This is, you know, this is not, I mean, my, my intention. My hope is not to be a smarty pants about it. I'm not the expert here. I'm just trying to share what I've learned. <clears throat> Learning, you know, almost always the hard way. And inviting all of us into a, a conversation, okay? A conversation. So I, I hope, please, I'm inviting you. Call me, email me, text me. Share with me, what are you hearing? What are your questions? Um, who are you learning from? What are the resources that have been helpful for, for you? And send those to me. And I tell you, I'm going to look at it. I'm going to read it. And I'm going to find a way to integrate it into future stuff. Because I, I very much want this to be a conversation. That's what learning from Jesus involves, is conversations with God, with each other, that prayerfulness of engaging with the living God. Questions are a great sign. Recognizing mistakes is a great sign. Doubt and wondering, it's a great sign. It's a sign that's learning, that learning is happening, <clears throat> that we're open to, to what Jesus has to reveal to us and show us. So I try, I try to live by this, that I turn my judgments into curiosity. And as I do all that responding and as I'm hearing what you're saying, you know, just thank you again for being a congregation that lets your pastor grow and change and lets you grow and change. Boy, what a boring place this would be and how far would we be missing the point if this wasn't a place, a community of love where we could grow and change, trusting that Jesus holds on to us and that we humans who are following Jesus are going to do our best to hold on to each other as we're learning and growing and changing together. Amen. Thanks be to God.